Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. All eyes were on the LA Lakers and what they they could accomplish against the Mavericks yesterday. And what they accomplished was an epic comeback, something we haven't seen anything like this year. An epic moment for the team. An epic win. And none of it changes my mind about where the Lakers are headed. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, HT sporting the Bruins uh, Bruins sweater action going. That looks good, buddy. You got, got that. You, you, you got it, that hockey love going on. That, that's nice, buddy. Well, I really wanted Evan to understand, you know, who the best team in hockey was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bruins, not the Rangers. Okay. And also, Fitz, I got to take a little small shot at you. Okay. I decided to wear the best team in hockey's, uh, you know, apparel today. While you choose chose to wear one of the worst teams in the National Football League. Um, apparel to wear. I mean, you didn't tell me it was gonna be. Uh, it was gonna be wear your jersey to work day. I could have gone with. <laughs> could have gone with my personalized Preds jersey. Also, could have gone uh, the MLS uh, back the man in black kits for Nashville. MLS kicked off over the weekend. I was watching all True. of that action in Geodes Park. A beautiful black uh, little, little black kit they sent me there. Might wear some MLS tomorrow. Harry, shout out to Linus Omar, goalie goal, first since Pecorino with the Predators a couple of years ago. So, goodness. like, we had a goalie goal over the weekend. I thought that's why you're wearing the Bruins jersey. <laughs> no, this is no, this no. is more hockey. This is talk a Bergeron jersey. Allowed, okay? allowed, like we we know how consistent Patrice Bergeron has been as long as Brad Marchand as well. He has been consistent for the Bruins over and over again, year after year. So, um, I'm gonna get me a Marchand jersey soon. I just gotta. Get back up to Boston. Wait, wait. Do you, you pay him for it, or they they just give you that because you're Harry Douglas? Like, well, actually, I paid for this one when I went to my first Bruins okay. game ever. Okay. I bought it then. Uh, I had, had so much fun. That's how I became a Bruins fan. Actually, I guess we're just gonna when they meet in the playoffs. Are you gonna take me to a game when Rangers meet the Bruins in the playoffs? Actually, yes. Are we going? And I was hoping they they faced last year because I was gonna go to a lot of those games. Yeah, and then what series. happened? The Bruins got knocked out. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Last time I heard, when I tried to get a Fitz and Harry show from the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs in Boston, mm-hmm. Evan said he was out completely. Exactly. So if there's a Bruins game and we're going in a playoff matchup, would would Fitz and Harry be able to broadcast from there, Evan? Would you figure that one out? like, Or, or is it just Harry and I road tripping up by ourselves and leaving you in the trunk? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 am, I am all in on uh, me going anywhere to see a Ranger playoff game, so mm-hmm. I'll just be selfish here. Yes, we can go to that as a show for sure. All right, look at that. Okay. Fitz and Harry on ESPN see? Radio. Now setting a record for the most hockey talk on any ESPN Radio show so far in 2023. You're welcome, hockey guy. At us, uh, at, at H. Douglas 83, at Jason Fitz. Let's get back to what everybody is absolutely yelling about today, and it's the Lakers, but they're yelling the wrong way HD because you know the minute the Lakers and this is funny to me I'm out there on Twitter first half of this game I'm not hearing much from Lakers fans and and you and I said last week the the book is not yet written on the Lakers I said I like to take things in three game clumps you said hey there's some prove it games coming up like I you know so all of a sudden you know first half not hearing any 
nothing from Lakers fans. And then all of a sudden we get to the end of the game. I open up Twitter and I got all sorts. Does this change your mind? What do you think now? What do you have to say? I don't know, man. Like the Lakers were getting their butts whooped, walloped and embarrassed. And then they came back. So it's like a really plucky comeback win. But I don't know that that suddenly changes anything I feel about the playoffs moving forward. I think one of the things that stood out in this game to me, because it was uh, on primetime on ABC at 3.30 versus the Dallas Mavericks, who had Luka Doncic and also Kyrie Irving, is that this team was down 27 points, yes. And I think before they made the trades and before this team was assembled the way it is currently, if you would have told me this team was down 27, uh, I don't think it would have been a comeback in them coming back and winning that ball game like they did in yesterday's uh, fashion. I think one of the most impressive things also is that they were out uh, without D'Angelo Russell. And Dennis Schroeder played a hell of a game from the point guard position. Um, a, a guy that really 16 points, 8 assists. But the biggest star of the game to me is, and Fitz, I talked to you about this as soon as they made the trade. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, right? I said, they're going to have to bring Hachimura off of the bench because of the defensive prowess that Vanderbilt adds to this team. And we've seen that time and time again yesterday. He had 15 points, 17 rebounds, and four steals. But his length and his size to be able to switch off and guard multiple positions has really helped this team out. And I think another thing that stood out to me about the Los Angeles Lakers is that they didn't shoot the ball very well, especially from three. They just didn't. But they found a way to do it, and they got it done in the paint, in which they had 62 paint points versus, I think, about 32 for the Dallas Mavericks, and that's a massive jump. That's a 30-point swing when it comes to paint points. Yeah, I, I, look, it's a big win, and anytime you have a big comeback, I'm also all in on it, and I understand why it's a significant win, but as I'm listening to Greeny this morning and, and get up this morning and everybody say, well, what does this mean for the Lakers moving forward? To me, this means so far, since the, since the All-Star break, we've seen the Lakers beat Golden State without Steph, and we've seen the Lakers now have an absolute implosion of a half and, an, uh, and then face a team that imploded in the second half. I don't know what to take away from that. That doesn't, like, the chances that you're going to see a team like Dallas implode over and over and over again are pretty rare. Like, yes, well, it's a I, big I comeback, but, like, why are we sitting here weighing the second half without at least talking about the first half, which was hot garbage for L.A.? But I will push back, though, because in 2023, and I would say uh, 2022 when the season started, right, and uh, what, up until this point, that is the new NBA. We've seen leads like this get blown like, like it's a kid eating candy. That's the way the NBA works now in today's game is that a 27-point lead is literally like a 15-point lead nowadays. The way the game is played, the, how fast they get up and down the uh, floor, and shot selection. We also got to remember that the Lakers played some defense yesterday, right? They forced a lot of turnovers from the Dallas Mavericks and got 20 points off of those turnovers. So there's a little bit more energy uh, you know, arising uh, over there in L.A., in part because, you know, these guys understand that these games are crucial at this moment. Well, and, and look, uh, what did I say the other day? The takeaway for me was that a team below 500 beat another team below 500 that was also missing their superstar, right? Like, that's me being sarcastic. The, the, the takeaway here is that when LeBron and AD play lights out and they're absolutely unstoppable, which they were, and everybody else starts hitting their shots in the second half, which started to happen, you can beat a team that suddenly gets turnover happy. Like, I, I mean, I know that that's over simplification, Harry, but like 
for me, at some point, look, I'd love for the Lakers to go on a big run because it's good for the NBA, it's good for ratings, and it's good for something for us to talk about. But I'm not going to sit here and suddenly change my thoughts on the Lakers wildly based on one big half. Like like I said earlier, in, in order to tip our caps to the second half, we at least have to acknowledge the first half where they were just getting absolutely flat out run off the floor by Dallas. So, like, I think there's a little bit of both on this. Now, Charles Barkley, TNT NBA analyst, of course, was on first take earlier, and he made it very clear who the key is for the Lakers moving forward and why it's AD. It's going to come down to Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis plays like that, the Lakers going to have a chance in the first round of the playoffs or the play-ins. Anthony Davis is the key. Ron has played pretty well all year. He's played great all year. But when Anthony Davis plays like he played yesterday, they're a totally different team. Yeah, so we'll add that. When AD plays like he actually cares at the same time in a game where they're both healthy and they take on a team that implodes, they can get a win. I, I, I know, like everybody's going to think I'm absolutely doodooing all over the Lakers here. I'm just saying that like, while I can credit the win because I think it was a great win, Harry, I still think we need context around how these wins are happening if we want to make sweeping generalizations about what will happen to the Lakers when they're in significant playoff matchups. Well, I, I agree with Charles Barkley. Anthony Davis is the key to it because listen LeBron's gonna be LeBron LeBron's been LeBron since he came into the the NBA in 2003 we see what he's doing and the numbers that he's putting up this year uh, 20 plus seasons in the NBA so I think Anthony Davis is the key and the catalyst to everything going in the engine uh to it all if, if if Anthony Davis isn't gonna score 25 plus and have 10 plus rebounds a night and three blocks then this Lakers team it, it's gonna be a a hard course for them that's what he had yesterday he had 30 15 and three blocks right? but he if was you a force had to, defensively and offensively but if you had to bet the entire Douglas comp- compound which is like basically a state within Georgia right like it's its own whole area down there outside of Atlanta and you had to bet everything like the you know the 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 lawn uh the 87 acres that roughly you know, the fence on top of the fence on top of the fence, the security, <laughs> like you got to bet all of it on AD being that guy every single night from now until the end of the NBA finals, which if AD is the key, if you had to risk every dollar you've ever made in your professional sports career on AD doing that every night between now and the end of June, would you do it? If he's healthy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the question. We don't, we don't know if he's going to be healthy. I mean, right now, but, but because I, I look at yesterday when, like, when the Lakers needed a bucket, right? Who did they go to down the stretch? Anthony Davis. He had Luca on him. Luca's too smart to be guarding him. What did he do? Spent baseline, shot the little fade, bucket. Now, nah, but you, you, know you, what I'm you know, like you know, you know when you're out there, you know, gambling a little bit with your, with your buddies and you're having a time on it. Like you don't get to qualify. Like I, if I'm just telling you that you, if I had to bet your house, no, Chris, if if I had to bet your house Chris, on ADB and reliable, why, I'm why, not. Why would I bet my money on somebody who's been injured over and over and over again? So why are we betting anything on the Lakers moving forward? That's the whole thing I'm for not me. betting a damn thing Wait, on the Lakers fair. moving forward. I'm just giving analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that at some point, what we're presuming, we're giving, oh, we're stat, not we as in necessarily you and I, but a lot of people right now are stacking all of the coins of benefit of the doubt on the Lakers side on why it's all going to come together. Because, because of LeBron, though. We got we to understand that's because of LeBron. 
That's why they're doing that. If LeBron went on this team, they know they wouldn't be doing that. But even with LeBron on this team, they haven't been good enough throughout the course of this year. I don't think they're going to be good enough uh, through the playoffs. And I think right now, what we're doing is we're taking these little like little shimmers of light and we're trying to turn them into huge rainbows and prisms and diamonds. Well, here's and what we got to remember: we got to remember these guys are only what two and a half games out of what sixth place. If 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 it was like a a five to seven five to eight game range, and we're talking about the Lakers getting to the sixth seed, then that's a different ball game. They're only two and a half games out. Anything can happen within that stretch. And, and yes, everyone else above them has to win. Uh, and if they don't, the Lakers are going to be able to capitalize off that. But they have to win as well. Like, it's a lot of teams bunched together that don't have room for error. And the Lakers just happen to be one of those teams as well. Well, one of those teams obviously was involved in this matchup. It's the Mavericks. And uh, there's the Mavericks and why Jason Kidd made it very clear his superstar needs to grow up. You'll hear what he had to say next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Hardaway is going to run the baseline. He'll throw it into Kyrie. Short. Kyrie from half court will fire. It's short. Air ball. Game over. And the Lakers have come from 27 points down in the second quarter to beat the Mavericks this afternoon. 111 to 108. An absolutely crushing defeat for the Mavericks. A comeback for the ages. You heard it from 97. Won the Eagle right there. We've talked about the Lakers side and what it can mean for L.A. moving forward, but what does it mean for the Mavs, a team with heavy expectations of their own that blew that sort of a lead? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're waiting for this thing to come together, Harry. Like, we're waiting for everybody. You, you know, the, the real thought was that when you bring Kyrie in with Luka Doncic, all of a sudden you're going to have this great opportunity to see two dynamic players come together and see what they can do in the West. And so far, none of it seems to be natural. It doesn't seem to look easy for anybody. And what you end up with now is this just absolute collapse by the Mavs that puts pressure, I think, at, at some level on, on Dallas to ask, what the hell are you doing and how did you let that game get away for some guys that are actual superstars to not play like it and fold that way just as a disturbing moment for Mavs fans everywhere? Yeah, I think the turnovers, right? The Dallas Mavericks turning the basketball over at an alarming rate. They had 16 in the game, which led to 20 points for the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday in that, in that primetime matchup. Uh, but I think also the supporting cast of Luka – Right, the supporting cast of Luca and Kyrie Irving, Josh Green, I think Dwight Powell, Reggie Bullock, those guys are going to have to step up that much more. We also got to remember that within that trade to get Kyrie Irving, the Dallas Mavericks gave away Dorian Finney-Smith and also Spencer Dinwiddie, two guys who are long, tall, rangy. Um, it can really be uh, good defensively on the wings. I think they actually missed that yesterday against uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, who has size. On, on their roster. Um, also, I feel like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that needs to be worked out for this team defensively because they can score with the best of them, but if you can't guard anyone and defend anything, that, that's going to be a problem. They gave up 62 paint points to the Lakers yesterday. And I'll tell you one thing that I thought sparked the Lakers. When you had Austin Reeves and Josh Green going at it, right, at the court and they're cussing at each other and, you know, I – you up and all that 
all that that, that mm-hmm, nonsense. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an opportunity for the Dallas Mavericks to step up their play. But the flip side of it is that it, it ignited the Lakers and not the Dallas Mavericks. Well, when you start talking about some of the differences in this game, and by the way, for anyone that wants a little historical uh, sort of perspective on this, largest blown lead that the Mavs have had since 2019. But in the play-by-play era, that's the first time they lost at home, went up by 25 points. So uh, you think about what that means. They blew a 27-point lead to the Suns back in 1997. Uh, But you start talking about what all that means. It all comes back, as weird as it sounds, to two things. Luka not playing well enough down the stretch, but also Vanderbilt, who you mentioned earlier, primary defender uh, when Luka committed three turnovers. Once Vanderbilt was on him, he was two for seven from the field. Uh, Vanderbilt dominated him on the boards. Like, you think uh, there's this moment where I'm waiting for Luka to be transcendent. Like, you talk about AD taking over. This Mm. was a moment where either Luka or Kyrie needed at some point to calm the ship. And when you've lost all your momentum, it is going to be up to one of those two guys to make the shot and the stop, find a way to sort of stop the bleeding in that situation. And neither of them could do that. So it just speaks to some the identity crisis they're going through right now when they all figure out how to work together, that there isn't a guy that can step up and stop these runs when they're going on like that. You would expect better from this team. And here, here's the, the funny part about it. It's because when Luke and Kyrie didn't have the basketball and other people had it, they were missing shots as well. Right, and I seen Kyrie miss about two or three open threes, man, that he got wide open. And on a consistent basis, we we see Kyrie Irving hit those shots, but he didn't hit them yesterday, and they really needed it to kind of stop some of that bleeding. Like when the Lakers were cutting the lead to four and five points, the the Dallas Mavericks were getting open shots. They weren't knocking them down. That's the thing moving forward. Guys, when when a team is making a run, you got to make your shots, especially the ones that you take in warm-ups, wide open. uh, And to that point, not only do you have to make your shots, you got to know how to control your emotion. And Jason Kidd, head coach of the Mavericks, he had plenty to say about that. This is what he said at his press conference specifically about his team and maturity. We have to grow up if we want to win a championship. There's no young team that's ever won a championship, uh, mentally or physically. And so um, just to see how we could respond, um, again, two and a half quarters, we're playing at a high level on both ends, uh, offensively and defensively. But what the Lakers just showed us is that it's not, it's not a race. It's not the rabbit who wins. It's the turtle. And, and they, they work the game. And, and that's where we have to get to. We have to get better at working the game, and uh, we will. I think it's unique that he said that in reference to the Lakers because we got to remember Jason Kidd used to be on that staff with the Lakers organization. He understands LeBron. He understands a lot of things that they, they want to do, even though it's different coaching staff or whatnot. But still, he was over there. And it's not about, you know, it's like I, I tell my daughter this. It's not about how fast you do your work in the classroom. It's about the quality of work that you do because you can do it fast, but that don't mean you're going to get an A. You can take your time and do it within a time frame where it needs to be turned in. And you can receive that A because you took your time and you didn't rush through it. But I agree with him. I think Luca needs to grow up as an individual. There's entirely too many times, and not just this ballgame that we witnessed yesterday, but throughout the NBA season, last year, the year before that, where he's arguing and worried about calls so much. Be quiet and just play basketball. You're not going to get every call. Is it okay to argue at time to time here and there? Yes, it is. But to argue every single call and then not be there mentally because you're not even realizing the, the, the run that the Lakers are going on because you're so busy arguing with the officials. I mean, it's not a new concept that Luka is out here complaining about the wrong things at the wrong time. And the maturity aspect of it is something that you would hope 
then not only can Jason Kidd send, because obviously when he says that, I think he's sending uh, in part a message directly to uh, Luca, but also to the entire team. Like there's got to be an accountability buddy that can come in there. And as dumb as that sounds, there's got to be somebody that can check you in that moment. And Luca and Kyrie are so new to working together. I don't know what their relationship is like for that, but you know this, Harry, like, there had to have been times you were playing the game where your emotions got the best of you and it took somebody else in that locker room that you respected saying, hey, stop, calm down. Like that, Luca needs that person. 100%. And I think the perfect uh, person to do that is their head coach, Jason Kidd, because number one, Fitz, he, he, he's a Hall of Famer. Number two, he done it at the highest level. And number three, he understands the situation that you've been in because he's done it at the highest level. So what better credential person would you want to tell you the real than a guy like Jason Kidd, your own head coach. So I thought it was good for Luca, and I hope he's re- he responds to what his coach actually was saying. Responds is such an interesting part of this because as much as we talk about the Lakers and where they're heading, the Mavs need to get this thing right, and they need to get it right quickly. They made this acquisition knowing that essentially Kyrie could end up a rental, so it's now up to the organization to make the most of that rental right now to make sure that it works out for the player and for the team. We'll keep breaking it down, but of course the day started with huge breaking news from Adam Schefter that will impact the entire draft. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I think he's special. And listen, he's undersized, and that's going to be the whole conversation leading up to the draft. Bryce Young has a chance to be a superstar. Bryce Young's accuracy, anticipation, and arm strength is rare. He should be wearing a cape on the field with the things that he's able to do. Young under pressure, escapes to his right. Young throws downfield as Brooks open at the 15, and he waltzes into the end zone. Touchdown! 41-yard touchdown. I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. As much as we want to make this conversation about Bryce Young, the fact is we now know, according to Adam Schefter, as you just heard Christine Lisi reference in the SportsCenter update, it appears that the Bears are open for business to trade up, or trade out, I should say, of the first pick in the draft. And with the opportunity to trade out in the first pick, the question becomes, who should move up and for who? And I think the answer to that is, is simple and complicated all at once. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, last week, uh, a lot of people reacted, I think it was on Friday, to some of the comments I had about Anthony Richardson and the fact that I don't understand why Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are getting all of the credit they're getting while we're downplaying Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Having said that, Harry, to me, every team right now is scouting all four of those quarterbacks. If they have fallen in love with any one of them, I don't care which one it is, if they have fallen in love with any one of those quarterbacks and they have the opportunity to trade up to the first overall pick, they absolutely have to do it. Because you cannot take a chance if you're picking four and you're the Colts or if you're picking you know, seven and you're the Raiders, you're picking nine and you're Carolina. You can't take a chance that you're going to be sitting there and everybody else is going to move ahead of you and you won't get the guy if you are in love with With any one of these guys, I don't care which one it is, and you can trade up to the top overall pick, you do it, and you take the guy that you're going to bank your franchise on moving forward. Well, you also look look around and see the quarterback drought that we have in the National Football League. Look how free agency is about to play out. 
right? When you have uh, Aaron Rodgers, who won't even be a free agent, but you have him in trade talks. You look at Derek Carr, who's a free agent car- currently, and then you look at the other guys who complete the list. It's 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 not a it's not a a place where everyone's smiling and cheering like, hey, let's go get our next guy. So if you do see the draft and you're reviewing these guys and watching their film and you feel like he is the guy for your franchise, if, you want to, if you're one of those teams that need a quarterback, you need to do what's necessary to go up and try to get him. Well, I'm, I'm a, you know what? I misspoke. Don't go up and try to get him. You do what's necessary to go up and get him, right? That's what you have to do. And I think you start your franchise, whatever direction you want to go in, whether you want to go all young and start everything over from scratch, or you want to continue to keep veterans on your football team, and you do it accordingly that way. But if you see a guy in this draft that, you, you know, you got your eyes on and your eyes are glossy and you're drooling over, you got to do everything in your power to go up and get that guy to be your quarterback and let him be the quarterback of your future. Let, let, let me be clear here. Sometimes like you're sitting on a tour bus and it's the middle of the night, right? And you've been on a tour bus for 20 hours and you pull over and you're at a truck stop and that truck stop has fried chicken. And like, do you want truck stop fried chicken at three in the morning? No, but you haven't had food and it's the only availability you have. So suddenly you're overpaying for truck stop fried chicken. That's what a lot of the quarterback market is right now. It's truck stop fried chicken for all these free agents that are out there. And then all of a sudden you're driving down the road and you see a sign for like, I don't know, it just a, a Chili's is there. Chili suddenly looks like the greatest no, steakhouse you've ever uh, okay. Longhorn. okay, Longhorn's there. Longhorn now looks like the greatest steakhouse you've ever seen in your life because it was the choice between Longhorn or Truck Stop Fried Chicken that you don't know when it was made. Like at this point, I think teams have looked around and they they see the sign that's like this exit has a Longhorn and they're like, yep, I'm off. I'm getting off at this one. I'm going to eat good at that. Why? Because Because, like, you look at the rest of your options, and they're just not there. So, if you are a team like the Colts, you know, Jim Mercer has told the fan base, we will solve the quarterback problem. Cool. You said that without a plan on how you were going to do it. So, what the hell are you going to do now? Sit at four and hope that something falls in your lap? That's not solving anything. And if you fall in love with one of these guys, you can't wait to see who else gets picked and then suddenly end up with one of the guys that you were maybe okay with. Like, that's not solving it. If you're the Raiders and you're going to be taking on Patrick Mahomes for the next 12 years, you ain't solving anything if you just sit at seven and you're like, well, we'll just take the fourth or fifth best guy and hope that he pans out. Like, those aren't solutions. If you're the Panthers, how many years in a row are you going to get it wrong? You're going to have to overpay aggressively in capital to move up to one. It is just the reality, and it's in part because frankly, there are four or five needy teams that could all move up, so the price is going to go up, and it's also, Harry, because there's just no other options in free agency that you can bank on. So now all of a sudden, you got a choice. Yep. You can have nothing or you can overpay for this guy. Right now, I'm overpaying all day, every day. But I'll tell you this, and I'll, and I'll continue to echo it over and over again. And I said it since, you know, the middle of the year of the college football season in 2022. I'm not taking – me personally, I'm not taking anybody over the first two guys of this draft. And number one for me is Bryce Young, and number two is C.J. Stroud. I'm not taking anybody else over those guys. I agree. Because I've seen their body of work. I've seen them do it against stellar competition. And you want to know the main thing, Fitz? I see them be consistent in doing so. There's no question about consistency with any one of those two guys. Bryce Young is going to be number one for me, and C.J. Stroud would be number two. And not only that, Harry, but I'll say this. Like, you know the answer to your question on Bryce Young. The, there, the Bryce Young conversation is eight seconds long. Harry and I, we run the Raiders together. We sit down, and I say, all right, 
His frame is small. According to some reports, he played at about 165 pounds last year. You got a problem with that? If Harry's answer is yes, then Bryce Young's off your list and you're done with that conversation. If Harry's answer is no, then Bryce Young is absolutely at the top of your list. There is no conversation to me. C.J. Stroud, then, you turn around, and, and what is the big, well, I don't know, you know, he, he played with really good wide receivers around him, okay, and he made the most of them, and then I'm not sure about his mobility. We showed all of that that you would ever, you and I sat next to each other yeah. watching the college football playoffs in Atlanta, and we said the same thing at the same time. My boy out here getting paid. The way he was running around on Georgia, he was looking for that bag. But also, Fitz, watching him throughout this season, he makes NFL throws. He makes NFL throws that a lot of guys can't make. That's in the National Football League right now. Like, he makes those throws look easy and makes, it makes him look routine. And I understand he had hell of a wide receiver weapons. That's, for a lot, that's the case for a lot of these guys that come out, um, especially if they're, they're coming out to big, from big-time programs. You're going to have players that's, that's going to help you out along the way. But C.J. Stroud can make every single throw, and the questions coming up into the college uh, football semifinals was, you know what, he, he has to utilize his legs more. Well, he did that to perfection against the Georgia Bulldogs and put them in a position to succeed and actually win that game. They just came up a little bit short. I think you've got to look at this quarterback evaluation. And like I said at the beginning of this, no, I personally would not take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at the top of the draft over C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. But whichever guy these teams have fallen in love with, you can't wait and hope that he's going to be there at two. You can't wait and hope he's going to be there at three because this is like ice cream. And if you walk up to the ice cream line and you know that there's only four scoops left total in that place of four different flavors, you're not going to sit in the back of the line and let a little old lady go in front of you because she might take the flavor you want. You got to jump up. You got to get the ice cream you want. And you got to do it get, aggressively. Somebody getting elbowed. It's not going to be the little old lady, but somebody of a male presence is going to probably get elbowed. Well, somebody might get elbowed <laughs> on this show in a minute because, by the way, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. What if I told you there's one team that Harry Douglas thinks absolutely positively would ruin Bryce Young? We'll figure out who it is and if that's going to make Harry and I fight next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Are the Bears making moves with the number one overall pick? Making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's what I, that's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> Harry also putting some respect on the Bruins around here. We're in a Bruins... Sweater. If you're watching us in the app, getting a lot of conversation from people around ESPN. Christine Lisi came in and said, I don't know, hurting my heart. Evan's having a look at it the whole time. Things are going to go off the rails. And if you thought that was bad, it might be about to get worse. Look, I'm getting text messages from Renee. He's sending me the trash can gif. I mean, because I'm wearing a Bruins jersey. Man, he's not 100% wrong. 
but I want to talk up the Bruins here so that we can get freebies uh, when when it comes to the playoffs. Fitz and Area on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Lady, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We were just telling about the Adam Schefter report this morning that the Bears are open for business. Uh, I think the Bears have made it pretty clear that they're going to be looking to at least the possibility of trading out of number one. It makes sense because internally they've got their guy with Justin Fields. But also... You can make the argument, Harry, that Bryce Young is the real winner here because going to Chicago it would not have been a win for him, right? No, it wouldn't have uh, at all fits because they got too many holes offensively. Um, and I think they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with their entire team. Now, they lack wide receiver talent. That's not good for Bryce Young. They lack offensive line play. That's not good for Bryce Young. And they were top five in sacks allowed with 58. So if I'm Bryce Young, I'm, right now I'm saying hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. All right, I don't know why I just decided to give you a no, back. I'm, I'm, being, a I'm being serious now. No. Like for Bryce Young, a guy, because what, what's the one thing that keeps coming up with Bryce Young? His size, size right? Size, yeah. Frame, well, that's, frame size. That's, that's not where you want to go. We've seen the beating that Justin Fields has taken being the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. So I know he's excited right now that he's probably not going to Chicago. And so I agree with everything you're saying, but it has me thinking about the opposite side of it. Because let's be real, like you're talking about a handful of teams. And look, for anyone that thinks, I genuinely believe the first three picks in the NFL draft this year are going to be quarterbacks. It's going to go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I think Indy trades up. I would not be surprised to see the first four picks in this year's NFL draft be quarterbacks. And I know that's shocking, but last year I was pretty spot on when I talked about the lack of quarterbacks that were going to go in the first round. This just feels like there are too many quarterback thirsty teams that will move up. So when you start talking about the Colts or the Panthers, like, all right, take the opposite side of it, Harry. Like you're saying that the Bears would have ruined Bryce Young. What's the worst spot for Like what's the team that would trade up number one overall and ruin Bryce Young? So I have two teams, okay. and the first thing I have is the Texans organization, and mm, it's nothing fair. against D'Amico Ryan's becoming a head coach and him being there because I think it doesn't have anything to do with him. I'm just talking about from a structure standpoint in the organization from the top down, right? Um, I just think we've seen over the years them basically be kind of the laughing stock of the National Football League um, from, from different scopes of the spectrum. And secondly on that list, I will go with the – Oh, no, uh, Harry, be careful here. Oh. I mean, the you know Texans, I love, you, know I love you want to just right? stop at the Texans? Like, maybe the Texans are the only team you have on your but mind you, here? You, you know I love, you know how much I love you. Maybe maybe, maybe Texans. Okay, man, I got to let it fly. I, I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, and I say that because we got to understand what? what Derek, just relax. I am wearing a Raiders hoodie as you do this I'm, I'm to sorry. me. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We just witnessed Derek, Derek Carr um, within that system. That system is just different. And here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of Josh McDaniels not tailoring his system to fit the mold of Bryce Young, but just saying, you know what, here's my system, we're going to make it work. I witnessed that with Marcus Mariota in the system that he was in our first year in Tennessee. So that, that it has a lot to do with coaching more so than anything for me. You have never had a more incorrect take in your entire sports media life, and I will tell you why. Number one, two mm-hmm. words, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not good, but he looked good when he had Josh McDaniels as his quarterback. It can't happen. Just because mm-hmm. it wasn't a fit between Josh and Derek Carr doesn't mean that McDaniels can't get the most out of a young quarterback because he did it with one Mac Jones. Number two on the reasons why you are so wrong. I'm going to give you names. One is Devontae Adams. Two mm-hmm. is 
is Darren Waller, and three is Hunter Renfro, right? Like, you want to talk about a way to make a young quarterback successful? Give him weapons everywhere. Yes. Who's blocking for him? Uh, I, that's neither here nor there. All right. Who's- Who's that blocking is, for him? That is not an important part of this conversation. The Raiders will have plenty of but, money. Okay. But check this out. You know, they did choose Alex Leatherwood. I, I, he's not there anymore, but you know, they did How are you going to do that to me? Like, how are you going to, like, you know what? Like, but but check a, this out, though, too. Because you brought up Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Yes, Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator, but was he the head coach? No. The last time we seen Josh McDaniels as a head coach, who was his quarterback? Tim Tebow. Yeah. And I love Tim Tebow, but how did that pan out? It didn't go good. Uh, okay, just want to make sure. Because he is the head coach of the, of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's not just deemed as the offensive coordinator. Okay, but, but he— okay, I'm just saying. Okay, I mean, but ruin him? Like, think about—let's take the other side of it. Let's take this— I At don't least know. not the first team. I had the Texans uh, okay, first. Well, that's, I mean, when you're talking about a, a race to the finish line against the Texans, that's not one I'm particularly proud of. I, <laughs> I'm just saying the Raiders have a, a ton of money now that they don't have Derek Carr. Uh, they'll have the second or third most cap space going in. They could address some of the offensive line woes, perhaps. They could trade their way up, perhaps, and get themselves a Bryce Young, perhaps. And by having Bryce Young uh, with a smart coach, uh, in theory, and good weapons around them maybe they can at least well I told you I told you my biggest thing my biggest thing is understanding the ins and outs of Bryce Young and putting him in the best situations to be successful and if you have to tailor your offensive system to do that then as a head coach that's what you have to do I don't know if Josh McDaniels is going to do that. That That's why I'm leery about it. That's a fair point, and I will say that I think the interview process, while everyone's talking about the combine and how, how you know a lot of these guys aren't going to throw or run, for some of these teams, and I think particularly for somebody like Josh McDaniels, I don't know that it's as much about throwing or running right now as it is sitting down with somebody and figuring out what their level of football IQ is, what their level of understanding and communication is, how coachable they are to your system. Like You're going to have to know exactly if you can reach a player and if you can speak the same language as a player quickly if you're Josh McDaniels because you're not going to get several years to develop a quarterback, right? Like If they take one first overall, there's going to be early expectations. Yeah, I mean, is. I don't know. Harry and I might be fighting. That's uh, I'm a little hurt, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna keep wearing the. Maybe I'll wear a Raiders jersey every I'm day just until. Okay, Devin's chiming in now. Okay, you know what? I've, I've suddenly become anti-Harry and anti-Giants all in this one segment. All right, was the pop LeBron heard actually the Lakers' playoff chances? Oh, that's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.